Welcome. My name's Tracy Cook and this is the podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms that dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans like our upcoming guest that have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious, who are now the visionaries of tomorrow, that now go on to support, empower and inspire others to do the same. Our upcoming guest is a best life mentor. Her story is powerful. It's insightful. It'll give you a new perspective. And she is literally creating a movement worth furthering of hope, love, friendship and support that the world really needs at the moment. I'm so grateful. I'm so excited for this interview coming up and welcome Edie. Hi Tracy, thank you so much for having me. It is such a delight to, to be able to spend time with you and, and pour into your audience. I'm so excited with what I get to do. Um, so... I do. I'm so appreciative of this. And you're also a Victim to Victory collaborative book author. So I'm very excited about that as well, because your chapter is very insightful. Um, it's absolutely amazing. And hopefully we can touch on that as some of this um, a point in the interview as well. But Edie, I know your story. I know how wonderful you are. I know how you lead from the heart and what a, a beautiful person you are with such a calming and understanding presence presence to you and energy as well. Where does your story start? Well, this story starts when I was in 911, um, emergency services, answering the phone, people's darkest moments. And sometimes the tediousness of answering the phone when it's not their darkest moments and, and keeping at it and keeping at it. The nature of the work is so difficult at times because of the shift work, because you're working in close community with other people and you have to trust them. And so my mental health, physical health and spiritual health went downhill. And um, I found myself having nightmares and turning into a woman I did not like. It rhymes with which. Mm -hmm. I was really difficult to get along with. And that's not my nature. It's not. I'm an easygoing person. I'm a calm person. And I was snapping at people. I was having a difficult time getting along with my coworkers. I was a shift supervisor. I was barking at, at the people that I was trying to serve. We were short-staffed. I can't imagine that my attitude had anything to do with people wanting a different job, right? Of course it did. Of course it did. But at that time, I didn't recognize it. I didn't know that I was the source of the toxicity in the, in the room. And I had a moment where I'd had a really difficult day. I looked in the mirror in the middle of the night and the way I'd been behaving toward other people came flooding back at me. And I didn't like who I was. I didn't like what I saw. And I didn't know how to do anything different. I was so angry with everyone. I was having nightmares. Couldn't sleep. 
It was a really dark time for me. And so I decided, I'm going to figure this out because I don't know much, but I know that I'm smart enough to figure things out. And so I, I contacted the employee assistance program and got an appointment with the counselor in six weeks. You can see a counselor in six weeks. I'm hurting right now. What am I going to do right now? Went to dinner with a friend. Um, she's a nurse. She told a joke, and um, and I actually laughed out loud, and I was struck because I couldn't remember the last time I'd laughed. And so she helped me. She got me to a, a massage therapist, and that helped. And I was able to figure something out through counseling and the massage therapy and everything that I was doing. And so I made some major changes in my life. Um, I went back to being a dispatcher instead of a, of a supervisor. And I went to the midnight shift and worked alone until I could figure out how to get along with other people. And I worked alone on the midnight shift for three years. That's a long time to do the midnight shift, Edie. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, but it took me that long to 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 start getting myself together enough, um, and then I left I left nine one one and became a counselor, um, and found myself going downhill again. Even though I have all this knowledge, even though I had lots going on with being able to do something different, I still went downhill because of grief. Grief is a huge factor in our ability to cope. Um, went downhill again. And then as I was going downhill, I mean, there was a lot going on, right? I was the primary caregiver for my mother who was dying. And um, I lost a 16-year-old client. He uh, died of an overdose. Lots, lots going on. And then in the midst of all this, I'm called to go to seminary. Really, Lord? Really? I don't have time for this. I don't have money for this. I went to seminary. And then I became a chaplain at a children's home. And I could see with my staff members that they were going through the same thing that I'd been through. I could see their personalities shifting and deteriorating. And I knew that my journey had been long and difficult, but was there a way to find a shortcut? Could I help them? And so I went to school again and worked on my doctorate. And my doctoral work is compassion, addressing compassion fatigue through spiritual practices. And so I brought a group of staff members through this practice of five minutes of silence a day for just six weeks. And the results were remarkable. It was in the midst of COVID time. So there were all these other factors, this silence, this taking care of ourselves with just one little thing. But not everybody wanted to sit in silence. There were people who wanted to do other things. And so, of course, you're a grown up. Do what you want to do, but let's be consistent. 
It turns out that anything that we do can be a spiritual practice if we do it with love. And so that's what I help people with. I help people tap into their best life because we don't have to be angry. We don't have to be disappointed. We don't have to be disgruntled. We can enjoy our lives and enjoy our work, no matter what our work is, even if it's something as stressful and difficult as 911, as supporting our emergency services who are out on the street through our minds and our hearts and our ears. So that's what I do. Absolutely amazing. And you're literally changing and saving lives. And I absolutely love that about you, Edie, because you've given us so many insights into that um, compassion fatigue and having just such great awareness of what people are reacting and acting like around you. And that realisation when you said that you, you know, you realised looking in the mirror that you were the cause of it. I mean, um, we've all been in that situation and some of us address it and some of us ignore us or some of us just keep moving from place to place and it, it just stays with us wherever we go and then it's always everyone else's fault. Um so it's just so relatable in so many different circumstances, let alone such a high-pressure um, environment like a 911 um, centre as well. And I love how you've taken all these lived experiences and you're really pouring them and, and seeing it in other people to be able to give them the tools and the resources and the love and support um, and the and the empathy and no doubt a bit of a, a kick along the way as well to get them to be the best version of themselves. Um, but just having that awareness um, through all of your studies and your dedication to be able to help more people and I have a question for you as well does your story in the victim to victory book when you were doing your chapter was it almost therapeutic what would you want your readers to take away from that as well one of the challenges of, of the the story was the word count. The first time I wrote it, it was about three times longer. Three times. Because there were so many different factors that went into my needing to get help. And so I I was able to, to work through. And yeah, it was very therapeutic to, to look at everything that was going on. My life was a mess, um, but the nightmares were, were one of the biggest factors because, you know, if you can't sleep, nothing goes right. You cannot be a decent human being without rest. And I was waking up two or three times in the middle of the night um, with a nightmare, very specific nightmare of a snake coming out of a cage in my house and I was having to find that snake. Well, through therapy, you know, I believe that the snake was my internal pain, trying to get out and trying to get expressed. But at that time I had no idea. And so the therapeutic part was really looking at everything that was going on and how difficult it was. I really wanted to put the part about um, my friend Janie, 
getting me to the massage therapist because that was a huge um, event. I'd never gone for a massage. The idea of laying on a massage table was bizarre. And I went to this massage therapist who um, specialized in helping people through pain. She was she was a nurse. She is a nurse. Actually, now she's a professor um, of nursing, but still. Uh, <laughs> He worked on my body. One of the things that was happening was I was having cramps in my legs, um, in my thighs. And he said that um, he sees this in people who want to run away from a situation. Ah, that makes sense. Makes sense. It does make sense. Mm. So, So our pain, our emotional pain gets stored in our bodies. And that's one of the things that I help people recognize is you're going to have physical challenges. So that was part of my story was was learning that. And that got cut because the story had to be so short. And mm. so, yeah, it was very therapeutic. And I, I like the way that it ended up because it's not the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted people to know that, that they have hope and and that the life is on our terms and we can, no matter what the situation, no matter how difficult it gets, we have the possibility of joy, but it takes work. We've got to, and I still work at it. I still work at it. Um, I still meditate every day because I need to stay centered, especially with the work that I do. I need to stay centered. I need to show up for people because it's all based on love. There's a reason no, why they um, they say on the uh, airplanes, put your own mask on first so that mm-hmm. you can look after yourself because if you don't pour into yourself and have self-care, we can't serve and we can't look after anybody else and especially taking on, you know, with counselling all the different things that you have to take on and listen to and, and, and go through um, and be able to be your best self to be able to serve at that level as well. And I I, I love the way that um, you said that uh, it was three times the word count in the book because I think um, with a collaborative author book, um, all all um, 18 authors um, have just got such a, a big story to tell and there's so many elements to our stories and we're all made up of so many core stories and our signature story and having to define it into a word count. I'm so glad that you brought that up because, <laughs> you know, when we are writing and it's therapeutic and we're trying to find our core story and, and get to the point and still um, get our story out, um so that our reader can have a big takeaway or a transformation. But what's great about the book as well, it's going to have a code to come on and watch your interview as well. So that's <laughs> that's even better. But that is so exciting. It's a very exciting time. And um, you're a big supporter of the Victim to Victory community and you're a testimony to what you do and showing hope in the world and overcoming those obstacles and being so raw and real. That's what I love about you, Edie, because you've you've said, you know, this is me and this is where I was and this was my realisation and this is how I had to change it and it took three years uh, on the midnight shift in a 911 call room for you to work through that and that is no easy feat at all but you were dedicated to 
you know, finding out how you could be better. And um, I just love that about you with your tenacity and your perseverance in those kind of things as well. And uh, with you being a best life mentor, you're coaching people uh, as well. Uh, what kind of message would you like to leave the audience on today? Life is worth your effort. Nobody else is going to do this for you. But you got to do it. Your life is worth your effort. The kindest, most generous thing that you can do for the people who love you is take care of yourself. And you can do it. Your life is worth your effort. I love that. I love that. We need that on the T-shirt or something. <laughs> I love it, Edie. Thank you so much. You are so appreciated. You're very brave for sharing your story and we'll be sharing where to connect with Edie as well. So if you're looking for some spiritual guidance, if you're looking for somebody to mentor you that will support you and empower you, Edie is your person to go to. We'll be sharing where to connect with her as well. And you can find the Victim to Victory podcast on Apple, Spotify, and our YouTube channel. If you got value from today, and I know you did, please subscribe, comment, and share. Our Victim to Victory book will be out on Amazon. So make sure that you purchase that. Go to Edie's chapter and be able to connect with her even further and follow her journey of success and helping change the world as a visionary. So thank you very much, Edie. And let me leave you with a message of wear your story like a superhero cape and not an anchor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.